Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I continue to learn about the initiatives from small business owners, students, student founders, educated, civic officials, nonprofit executives, healthcare executives, technology experts, tech startup founders, and even oil and gas tech startups. These individuals have shared their origin stories, which have occurred in both the pre-COVID and COVID periods. In fact, as we approach the summer of 2021, COVID remains a big part of our everyday lives. Out of 63 podcasts so far in 2021, I had the privilege of learning about the Jube School from Executive Director Jonathan Love and Cultural Development Specialist Karen Youngberg during episode number 287. The Jube School is an initiative that is part of Alberta Jubilee Society, which includes the Jubilee Auditoria from both Calgary and Edmonton. Take the time to consider learning more about and possibly donating to the Jube School programs that can benefit everyone from ages 3 to age 103, including the Jube Camp and the Tech Like a Girl initiative. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast from whatever app you access your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Music. I also invite you to leave a review to allow others to easily find the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Good morning. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and today, it's actually April 22nd here in Calgary. It's snowing. Uh, I don't know, Josh, where you are, but we've had a good snow. Yesterday, we were sun tanning, and today, we are uh, in a snowstorm. That sounds about right from what I remember about Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> well, we it's have... crazy because the last couple, I, I mean, I don't want to talk to weather, but it's, you know, literally, we're it, the snow melted, and you're kind of cleaning the yard, yard, and then there you are, the snow again, so... Yeah, we're just, uh, I'm over in Halifax and uh, we kind of get, uh, we can have a similar situation happen. It's, uh, we're not out of the woods yet until April ends uh, when it comes to snow. So I told, we're right there with you. But do you, do you get the ground, does the groundhog come out, uh, you know, in the Nova Scotia as well? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great question. It, it comes a little <laughs> earlier, right? Because it, it gets, you get, mild, you get pretty mild temperatures in the spring. Yeah, like honestly, like ever since I moved here, uh, it seems like our winters have been getting more mild. And uh, like this winter, we may have had maybe three snowfalls that were actually significant. Wow. It was pretty wild. Yeah. So look, Jess, I want to get this, make sure everyone knows this is episode number 288. And we're here to, we're going to go in depth, in in depth into your business called Depth. Is that, is that right? That's about, that's exactly right. I love that. <laughs> well, I got a few things. We're going to go into the depth charts. <laughs> we're going to have an in-depth <laughs> look. There's not a lot you can do with depth, but you, I think pretty much get, I get it from what you're, the work you're doing, but so what you want to do. So I'm going to let you, Josh, you take over, tell us a little bit about depth. Perfect. No, thank you. And I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, depth is a user experience design firm that I founded and, uh, we are really just do our best to specialize in designing experiences in the digital realm that have depth to them. We had tend to live in a, a technology age yeah. where there's a lot of focus on visuals and making things look really nice and but there's a science behind actually developing great products and that's where what we try to attack and really bring 
the understanding of what your users want and then also design something that looks beautiful at the same time, but you give you the whole package. But you, cause you said you had some, you, you worked in Calgary for a while. You were doing some work out here. I actually, I uh, spent majority of my childhood in Calgary actually. Okay. So yeah. you weren't, you weren't, uh, you weren't drilling oils at depth, 5,000 meter depth. Nope. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not, not quite. Not oil guy. No, no, I am not. It's funny though. Uh, I actually wanted to be an oil engineer, uh, back when I was in the high school. Uh, then I realized I was too much of an idiot and, uh, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna make it through, um, an academic life. So I decided to go the design route instead. So, so the name, how did you come up with the name? I mean, I kind of understand the analogy to, you know, the tech, the tech space and go into, into depth, but did you, were you sitting around one day and you're like, somebody dropped a quarter and said, oh, that really fell hard on the floor. I don't know. What was that? What was that pivotal moment? Well, it's actually kind of a funny story because I initially was really, I mean, I just started this company this time last year. I have coming up on one year now and uh, I really wanted to get things going, get the ball rolling. And I was trying to figure out what a name would, uh, would go well with this. And that was my big thing is I always wanted to build something like that. Uh, sustained itself made sense and like made people money and actually like went deeper into the understanding of what design is and how it can help people yeah and but i just couldn't put a friggin uh word to it i couldn't put a name to it it was really frustrating me um and the beauty of it is i am married to an amazing woman and named kelsey who's a lot smarter than me and thinks <laughs> a lot more in more in depth uh, than yeah. i do and uh you know she's just finishing her master's in psychology and uh and she's like how about depth and i was like that's amazing like that almost like encapsulates everything i want to uh, communicate and it's so it's just five letters it's fantastic so that's how it all started but getting the domain name is it, surely that must have been someone had the depth charts on that one already or had that domain that they that captured or no is it just really open yeah no the the, the depth domain was definitely taken um yeah. and so i actually uh, there was a friend of mine who also started an experience design company kind of out on his own. And uh, he kind of came up with the idea of XD to go at the end of his his company. And I was like, oh, you know, I think that would work well. Experience design, you know, XD. So Depth yeah. XD is, became the domain, which uh, definitely wasn't taken. So there yeah. we are. No, that's great. I mean, that's creative in itself. So, mm -hmm. but I, you know, it's incredible because I, I literally put a note down here and I think and I said tech and the UI or UX or user experience, user interface it's probably the key reason why people are scaling so rapidly in the tech space these days, because if you don't have it, if you don't have a good user experience and you don't go into debt, like, it, they're gone. Like, I mean, I've just, I just know that the, the, the choices today are so, you know, so many across the gamut. It's like, if you, if you're not, if you don't have that stickability or the experience and it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, that's what we saw, like the, the companies we tend to look back to are obviously the apples of the world who really perfected user experience uh, in yeah. a lot of ways, or at least made it brought to the mainstream. Uh, because that was the beauty of it, because they didn't just think about, you know, delivering a cool product. They thought about every detail surrounding the product as well to make it and something that would be memorable. Like even if you walk into an Apple store, even that experience in of itself, right, where you walk in and you're just like, yeah, I want that iPad. And then they, you know, go on their walkies, like, you know, uh, bring this iPod out, you know, and they come out, you know, and <laughs> well, I love, they come out. I love that walkie-talkie sound. Wait. I appreciate wait. it. <laughs> and they come out. That, that sound bite. Sorry, I'll get you go back to the Apple of the yep. store in a second. But that sound bite, people are talking about Sonic, you know, that little, it's called the Sonic marketing. Yeah. They take a sound bite, it identifies with your, mar you know, I, I think we're going to go into depth because the depth, you know, for me is that sonar, you know, where 
you know, mm. pings the radar or the sonar, you know? Yes. Cool. Great one. Soundbite for depth. I appreciate that. That actually, that, I may actually use that. That's fantastic. But go back to, to the Apple experience. I love that, what you're saying. So you, the guy gets on yeah. the walkie-talkie. Yeah, and they come out, and it's, you know, you got this beautiful shrink wrap box, and the box <laughs> itself, but they obviously it looked like they spent money on the packaging. And, yeah. and then, it, like, they thought through every bit of experience. As soon as, like, they wanted to make sure that the box, when you open it, is just nice and smooth when it comes out. And uh, the packaging is very minimalistic, and everything's just set where it needs to be. Uh, there's just so much thought through the whole Apple ecosystem that went a lot of I, I thought went into, and that's you know generating a great customer experience, great user experience, and uh, and it's and it shows through all their products, even even how they design their their MacBook Pro, same thing. Uh, yeah. They wanted they 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 got that down to the detail of the decibel level of the fan to make sure that. But, but come it, on, Josh, yeah. it extends to more than just the one. Thing. It's the ecosystem, right? It's the yeah. Every 100%. device connecting you with Apple Music, connecting you so you can do the like I love what I one feature I really love is if I'm doing something on my MacBook, and then I can, and I I don't have anything to do I just copy Control or Apple C, mm -hmm. and I go to my phone and I can paste it on Notes or wherever I don't even have to it's incredible I don't have to you know what I mean like it's it's in there as long as you're connected right one hundred percent yeah they've done a great job across their whole platform like everything uh it definitely goes right back into their ecosystem and they've done a good job designing it uh tesla's another one right um yeah. like tesla's just revolutionized the space not just because they developed a great product but because they developed a great um experience around the product so no, it's, it's, to that point they said apple wasn't the first with the ipod or you know the ipods and mp3 players those were long before i mean sony walkman if you go back that early they mm -hmm. they create they were the innovators, but Apple just took it to the next level from the with the iPod and the iPad and everything up from that. But I want to go back. You know, I, I was so excited about my one of my Apple visits, the Apple Store in Markham Mall here in Calgary. I did a podcast. I was just to, to your point about the. I didn't talk about the walkie talkies, but episode five of my pod was me just a five maybe ten minute rant, just talking about that experience because I was so excited because the atmosphere. This was pre COVID, mm -hmm. and it was packed right. And you come in and I'll give you my experience. And I did it on the podcast. I'm like, over there in the corner, there's a little stage and there, there's some young kids learning how to create apps. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. and on the other side was an elderly group who were just learning. So they had the two screen split. I remember this. Or maybe it wasn't split, but I just, you know, I reflected on the pun. There was one where was a group of just whatever age, but there were people trying to get to learn how to use the MacBook, right? Right. Yeah. So no, no, I, I hear you. And they, they do it right from that. Like you walk in, you want to buy an Apple product. Oh, 100%. Sort. Like they've done a great job of you wanting to identify with them too, right? It's amazing. Well, that's, I guess, I don't know if that's a tribute to Johnny Ives or, John, you know, he, he, he seems to take a lot of credit for the, the app or the iPhone and, and so forth and that design, that user experience. Mm -hmm. So let, let's, let's go into depth. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about your work because for, do you have examples of companies you've worked with? You could say that, that hit it and we'll talk about what your start is but just do you have an example you say this is what we've done for a company or can you name some of the anybody yeah so there's one that we actually just finished uh with interlogic uh, interlogic is a really cool company um their whole goal is essentially trying to make the uh, work culture in the workplace and help people be more efficient and actually be able to work together and understand each other's personality traits right and we, we developed a whole product around the idea of how these employees can interact with each other, understanding each other's personality traits and helping each other be able to communicate with one another uh, because we all have different personalities. And 
we wanted to be make a place where they could at least um, voice their concern with maybe leadership or other employees yeah. um, and be able to allow leadership to see where they could do better and uh, become better leaders and allow their companies to, or allow their teams to be more efficient. And we, ha so that was, it was, that was a big product because it was, there was a lot of scientific data. I was, um, one of the uh, co-founders was a sports psychologist. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of science, uh, behind all this. And so I had to figure out how to bring that all into one place where a, the employees didn't feel like big brother was watching them. Yeah. And then, but as well, a big brother, quote unquote, management was getting the, info, the information they needed so that they could run a positive work environment where things were getting done efficiently and done well and people felt heard. And so that was, was like a feedback, kind of a feedback loop, or they could provide real time kind of here's something that we're doing. I get, how, could you explain, you know, a typical user would, how, how would they use it to get that experience? Yeah. So I think the big thing is, yeah, you'd like, they, there's this big dashboard where you see how your team is doing in various areas. Like this is how, like, this is how we're performing in our communication. This is how we're performing in our, um, wow. Let me just, let me do this. Sorry to put you on the spot. I was yeah. looking for, cause you know, this is a, an important because there's so many options available, people quickly move, but if you create something internal, that stickability could help, you know, make something bigger. And I don't know, you know, I'm just, I'm just listening to what you're saying. And I'm just trying to think of, because once you get in something internal, people are using that work, their friends and family see that and they say, Hey, they're doing something pretty cool over there. How can I get that? Like zoom, zoom is one of them. Oh, definitely. I mean, zoom's like, it's kind of the zoom story is very interesting because they, you know, essentially overtook Skype. Skype was in that space and dominated that space for so long. Right. And so that's kind of what the cool thing about Interlogic was, was they were able to quantify team trust, team communication, team alignment, team resilience, yeah. all these things. And then you were able to see kind of how people were feeling and you all saw people's uh, names associated with what they're feeling for that day and how they're, what they're dealing with. And you could see how if the team culture is going up and down and we use this product on our team with them. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows. Like so what do they do and how big is the company? How many employees do they have? Right now, they, they're, they're just a team of about five. Okay. Yeah, and uh, but they're growing rapidly, and uh, very excited for what they're accomplishing, what they're doing, and I, I'm I'm personally obviously because I invest, I'm obviously invested because I built out their experience and built out their product for them. Yeah. Uh, but like they've uh, they got a lot of great things going on going on for them, and they have more stuff coming down the pipe for things that they want to design that to make this a more whole product. So your background comes from like, just looking at your little your your LinkedIn profile. You're a design, in, in, what do you call it, graphics designer? You, you kind of worked in this space before you started your own business. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I initially went to Nova Scotia College of Art and Design here in Halifax. Yeah. Uh, and I went just, yeah, that it was an interdisciplinary design program that looked at different facets of design. Um, so they were very good at teaching you the theory of design. But in terms of the actual deliverables, that wasn't really what they were specialized in. I really had to learn how to use tools on my own. But the cool thing is I learned how to apply very specific ideas to make my work uh, lasting. And that I've was, had, yeah, you're, it's like, I've had several, and I didn't talk about their schooling, but they said that, you know, people that pivoted, uh, I think of Adam and uh, Justin, they, Adam and Justin at Sparrow Studios. They literally, video and photography, uh, they, they learned it all. They're, they're, they're kinesiology students from UFC here. 10 years later, like what we can do this. We both like photography, we both like video. And so they created Studio Sparrow. And it's, it's kind of to your point, 
they didn't have the tools or they didn't they have any certificates or anything. They just learned it and they're doing some pretty cre- creative stuff. Yeah, that's the cool thing about the the where we're we living now in this day and age where people can just do that because we have the internet, right? And that was essentially how I got into UX was I was mainly kind of started out in kind of the graphic and visuals. That's yeah. kind of where I started. Uh, but then I started learning, understanding more of like human behavior and uh, uh, be, uh, user psychology in a lot of ways uh, to understand what people wanted and how to talk to them, how to have proper user interviews to be able to get the insights you need to be able to build a product that really works for them. So, no, that's incredible because that's that whole I don't know if you've seen that there's a Netflix series there was on that whole network effect. And how they're just, you know, almost turning people into zombies and controlling how they think. But it literally is predicting. I mean, the, the algorithm for, um, you know, the algorithm for for um, TikTok. It's that way. It's literally, it just mm-hmm. gears towards what you like. And not necessarily your friends and family. It's if someone else is liking this across the globe, their algorithm works. So it's it's kind of manipulating you, but it also gives them a chance to go viral when, when their previous posts were. Yeah, I'm just kind of playing this out a little bit, but. That's, you know, that's, there's a thought leader on that. There's some thought leaders on that who talk about TikTok religiously. Oh, for sure. Yeah. TikTok's like, you know, done amazing things. Uh, You know, you can say what you want about them in terms of like how much they know about you. Uh, but yeah, they, they've done a great job of knowing exactly what you want and what's going to come up on that screen. Um, there's a reason why people only mean to spend five minutes and end up an hour on the product. So yeah, four days, but even the, the guy from Spotify, I can't remember his name, but he was not number one, but he was like the number two or number three. And he was talking about this experience. You got it. How do you get it into audio? He said that video is a six second. You have six seconds to get their attention because mm-hmm. he was talking about music and the, the old days it was seven minutes, seven, eight minute you know, songs or whatever. And you think Bohemian Rhapsody with the uh, with, with oh, Queen. Yes. But he says, but you now have so little time uh, considering where everybody's at to get their attention. And there's people with soundbite, the, you know, the the. Uh, You'll watch an audio thing. And you have no clue what their product is. They'll post a video of what they're doing. And it's like, you know, you can't wait two minutes on on TikTok or any uh, any platform for that for your video to get to a point where it says, "Hey, this is my product." It's got to be six. He, he was the guy from Spotify says, "You got six seconds." Yep. And that's on an audio. That's on an mm-hmm. audio. So songs come out right away. They're changing that whole experience. But let's go. You know, I had it on my podcast yesterday. They called the Jupe School here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. The Ju- part of the Jubilee Auditorium. And she said they're working with kids focusing on design and videography from grade one. <laughs> they're, they're just teaching them some real basic stuff. It's real fun. It sounds like it's real fun. You, like the stuff you're learning, but they're like learning how just to, to change the lighting with, you know, with the keystroke. Right. No. Yeah. That's like, yeah, I actually heard, I listened to part of that episode and, uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, the, the fact that they're starting to learn this stuff so much early on, I think is really important because I was a person who just never really did well in academic academia period. Yeah. Uh, so school was just never did, did well for me ever. Uh, you know, I've, you know, that's like my elementary school is varsity acres in the Northwest end there. And, uh, Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun with my friends, uh, but I couldn't tell you a thing I learned, (laughs) you know, and uh, and that's throughout throughout elementary to middle school, high school. But your your experience of, as you said, I I learned some practical stuff, but in school at the Halifax, you know, in in the school at the university or the college, but. You know, the practical stuff you learned on, on job or mm-hmm. through your own initiative. Yep. So that that experience, how do you translate that? You know, how can you do you create videos and is it part of your podcast? You've got a podcast as well, but 
how do you how do you take your experience and scale that and show others how to do that and oh, i see what you're saying it's like almost kind of being like my own online school is kind of what you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like josh let's go you know let's go real in depth here josh let's go real meta and say how does josh teach twenty thousand kids you know show that show me the money jerry you know i don't know if you know jerry mcguire because i'm a little older yeah, oh yeah you know, the, uh, show yeah. me the money jerry right <laughs> show, show me the me. money Show those kids in schools, and there's thousands or two, tens of thousands across the globe, right? Ever that, that could learn that, that that same thing. How do you scale that? It's a great question. Uh, it's actually something I've been really thinking about uh, lately as well, because that is something that's kind of been a passion of mine. Is I've been seeing what quote unquote universities are teaching when it comes to you uh, design. Yeah, and I'm like, they're just not going to learn anything in those programs. Uh, and I really would love to be a avenue for these kids to be able to learn something uh in that and so i think the big thing that i really want to press on with people is a that there requires a, a lot of humility in, in ux design because you wake up in the morning and you business sorry josh you cut out there can you repeat that oh sorry yes yeah, sorry about that um uh i want to teach people that being in design you are going to be wrong like you're in the business of being wrong uh, you can't have an ego in design uh, because you're you're always going to try and assume and anticipate what people want. And often what people want is not what you're thinking it is. And that's where it requiring learning in, about these skills of being able to talk to people and being able to have uh, open end questions to hear what they're going through. Yeah. Uh, so designing a program around that is like that's something I've had to really think about is like, all right, how do I help these kids obviously learn how the visual skills of design? Yeah. Um, which that one's really simple, I find, is just find stuff you really like and try to copy it. Literally well, just imitate. If you took your wife, Kelsey, you take her experience as a psycho in psychology and a, I don't know if she's a psychologist or psychiatrist, but that mental, how are mm -hmm. people thinking from that grade one up to, you know, and, and yesterday, uh, Jonathan and uh, Karen were saying, you know, we, we teach everyone from three to 103. Right. Mm. So as that gamut, you think of that whole learning curve, people do change the way they think. Right. That psychology of thinking. I mean, that I, how do you get people's attention from the three year old up to the hundred three year old for that? You know, the psychology of it. Right. It's a lot of doing, um, especially at that age. It's a lot of doing and a lot of like hands on things that are, like making sure, like learning how mechanisms work and yeah. understand, like even with, you know, what they're learning about, even turning on lights with the keystroke, as you said earlier, like. If a kid sees that what they did and how it actually had an impact, that's yeah. amazing. Like that's that really was that was like one of my favorite projects in the fourth grade is when we had to learn electricity and had to wire a whole mini home, um, you know, and have get the lights to go on, how the battery works. Like I love that stuff. Uh, when kids can see what their actions are and how they essentially have a, a reaction, yeah, that 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 buys them in, and that's I think can be done in design as well of you even just seeing people use your design is incredible and seeing I, them accomplish know, so the, their goals the i think the, the studio the testing ground is that company you mentioned earlier i, I didn't write the name down but mm -hmm. you know the five employees that experience can you know you can if you could share that and apply it to something else right because they're learning how to work with each other and they're learning how to get feedback in a comfortable space right yeah there's only five people they all call do they work remotely or do they all work in uh the remote yeah yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's important. It's almost equally important in a remote place because then back to the psychology of it, people are alone. And how do you create a experience where they're actually 
feeling close to your, your teammates that are so distant. But let, let, let's, let's go away from that a bit and say, talk about your tech stack. So what are your favorites that you would use in, in you know, in, I guess, favorite example, SaaS products to help your, help your work or no-co, local, whatever it is to help mm-hmm. your work? Yeah. So, I mean, the big things I use are uh, the big two go, uh, go-tos are Sketch and Zeppelin. Uh, Sketch for actually putting together visual designs. Uh, and then Zeppelin is great to be able to upload to, and it changes all, it turns all my design work into code, so my developers can actually implement nice. it, which is really nice. Uh, there's other programs that do all that all in one, like Figma, uh, which I think Figma is on the way up, which is because you can do visual designs, but as well as do uh, uh, micro animations, yeah, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and I think that I'm starting to lean more towards Figma as time goes on. I'm just really comfortable in is Sketch it at the Figma moment. Figma or Figma? Figma, F-I-G-M-A. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And uh, and so that's cool. Uh, but at the same time, there's just so many products out there. Those are the one, those are the big ones I stick to. I also uh, dabble huge in like Adobe Premiere Pro and Adobe After Effects. Yeah. Um, just to be able to show the animations of some of my work. Uh, there's a lot, all kinds of stuff, but like that's the thing at the end of the day. There's so many tools, and they all kind of do the same stuff uh, for the most part. And that's the beauty of it. At the end of the day, is these tools are just simply an output of design ideas if you have the right ideas and you've done the right research it doesn't matter what you use um it's just an output at the end of the day i love the zeppa i mean for me it's just it goes back to you know the stairway to heaven and those long songs right the songs right but it's a great great analogy with a big zeppelin flying in in the air and creating designs off of that but um Mm -hmm. so what is your your website do you have anything are you, you know, again, these things, you, you seem to have just started your business, what, last year, right? Or, yeah, uh, correct. Yeah, right. Uh, right in the heat of COVID. Um, and yeah, would you want, like, in terms of what, uh, what about my website? Do, whatever you want to share. If you created it yourself oh, or you, gotcha. I'm on your website now. Mm-hmm. I'm just cheating and there's a, there's some kind of a floating thing behind the ocean. There's the, the ocean. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my whole website is essentially, obviously, like, as I've kind of been developing my, my business i've been also trying to learn the whole marketing side too right and yeah uh you know my website i was i did it all through uh duda and uh there's not i didn't touch one lick of code oh, duda wait duda yeah. i've heard mm-hmm. of duda okay yeah duda's pretty cool like it's like really i i found was the probably the best pro- program i've used for being able to bring your uh, website to life because i don't i don't develop anything um but I have that's why I have developers who do the work for me. Yeah. And um, and so I did this all on my own and uh, it was it was pretty easy for the most part. And I think the big thing with my website is trying to get across the idea that I'm not here. I, d- I don't want to just work with anybody. I'm here to work with people who actually want to make significant changes in the world and really want to shake their industries up. Um, I don't want to just make another website. Uh, I want to start actually making products where people really believe in what they're doing and want to see big things happen. And those are the people I want to align with and help. But yeah. Yeah. So that's that. So I saw Duda back in 2019. I just, I just literally onto my, into my, uh, my search and there it is Duda, a San Francisco based web building platform for developers. So is it a no code, low code, kind of like a Shopify thing or. Yeah. It's kind of the, yeah, it's kind of the, the feel it goes for, for sure. Okay, so is it made for more technical or I'd never you're the first person I've heard and not that you're a massive example of or, you know, I've asked people about this, but it's the first time I heard somebody actually use Duda. And so I'm like, I heard that name before. So what what got you to use Duda versus Shopify or Squarespace or? Yeah, well, I think uh, so. I've messed around with Squarespace and both and WordPress as well. Uh, yeah. And I think the one thing I just liked about Duda is it was very like it just it. 
it catered better to my design eye and my design understanding. Yeah. Whereas those other programs are a lot more heavily development focused, which I can still think in developer terms. It's just a little harder for me to do that. Uh, so with design, I can just kind of like a lot of clicking and dragging and making sure that like, you know, things are lining up properly. And right, they, it's, right. they also made it really easy to figure out how to uh, do the mobile screens as well and the tablet screens. Whereas you, that's not as easy within Squarespace or WordPress, I found. Um, so that's why. Well, I know WordPress was, they gave me a free, they gave me a free thing, but the freebie is like this long handle with WordPress attached to it. And they go, but if you want to pay for a hire, uh, you get that, remove that WordPress thing and keep it, you know, then you pay, right? You, right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the, that, I, that's pretty cool. So the, de- the tech stack you use in combination of your own stuff with your client. Can I see now on your website here that mm-hmm. one you mentioned, you know, you know, no, wait, they're Watson. And then, you know, wait, it's just, oh, InnerLogic, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's the one you mentioned earlier. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've got them up on your website. So the, the, you know, social media, you mentioned marketing. How is social media helping you, you know, Josh? I mean, you and I reached out, I think, on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, what, but how is social media helping you, the depth, going into depth? That's a great question. Uh, it's fine. I'm, I'm a crazy person in general. I am a little boisterous. And so uh, I fit well into the social media space in terms of getting attention. And that's the whole game of social media. It's just about attention, right? And uh, what I found it's been helpful with is I've just kind of started putting out videos. Like I start off with TikTok and I started taking my TikTok videos, putting them in Instagram, uh, then also taking the ideas I put on Instagram and translating them into a more professional setting for LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and it's been helpful. Like I've gotten, I've essentially pretty much almost all my clients have come through social media or my podcast. And, uh, and it's been great because you're just kind of putting out ideas. Like I'm, I went on like a, a one minute rambling about the whole Robin hood debacle about a couple months ago. Sure. And that literally got so, like I got so many leads off of that post, uh, because you know, whether you want, however you want to view the situation, Robin hood did bad by their customers. And yet people still stuck with them because of the user experience. Cause it was so easy to use and no one else was like them. And that was the point I made. And that was like, and that's when that was one of those situations where people didn't fully understand UX or user experience, but that example, there was like, Oh, I need that. And they called me and we started making things happen. Well, that's pretty cool. So, cause the Robin hood, I mean that, you know, that all started in the Reddit, you know, in the Reddit kind of thing mm-hmm. before Robin hood, but the GameStop, you know, I, I didn't understand it, what was happening. I didn't, I still haven't used Robin hood, but I, you know, that they got attention, the social media side and said, Hey, they weren't, they were just one post and they went to a meme like Dogecoin, right? Right. This was, this was something that happened. The underlying, uh, it was a wave that was happening for a while. Robin hood just got caught because so many people were needed to buy or, or get in, get in on that, uh, that whatever the hand or sorry, the, the play, right. Mm-hmm. But that Reddit thing had been happening for it was six months earlier. Oh yeah. It wasn't overnight with the, you know, the new, with the wall street bets, right? Exactly. He was saying these things are happening. He's, I was watching, I read some of that stuff. Like, wow. So what you hit upon though, is that, wait a minute, I need to do something quickly, which is Robin hood and effective and not have this friction related to, are you still investing the way your dad did kind of, you know, like, right. Yeah. The quest trade type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, so you've used a TikTok. So tell me what'd you do with the TikTok? Did you post it and it went viral or you just use that as an experience to learn? 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was just trying to learn. I mean, I gave myself the challenge of trying to post every day. Yeah. And uh, so whether it be I post a tr uh, some type of trend video or I'm goofy or I do something that's actually informative, uh, I just I kind of bounce between both ideas. And, you know, slowly but surely, like I, I haven't really gained a whole lot of ground on TikTok, but I gained a lot of ground on Instagram through my TikToks. Um, where I would start posting my TikToks onto my reels. And that's when I started getting yeah. a lot of friction. Like I, I ended up getting like one of within the first month I had a post that had gotten over 70,000 views. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's new for me. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's been cool. And it's kind of been consistent. I've just really continued to keep putting stuff out that really resonates with people. And I've been trying to figure out ways to make UX fun to understand, uh, but as well still bringing my personality of being kind of a goofball uh, at the same time. So that uh, the elevate. So you started the elevate podcast about the same time as you started depth. Is that yeah, last year? Yeah, they are almost neck and neck. Yeah, simultaneously. So there's a competition between the two, the elevate team and the depth team. <laughs> yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> Note to self: make sure you point out the fact that we're winning. And yeah, okay, self. It's like you you could really. I mean, it's just I don't know how you do that, but uh, you know, as you said, they're going neck and neck. But mm -hmm. so the elevate podcast. I love the the handle. Mm -hmm. It's elevate, so E L V with a letter H or a number, the numeral eight. Yes, yeah, that's that's probably that's been a fun passion project uh, yeah. for me. Uh, I've really enjoyed me, and my co-host Dalton Parker. Uh, there was just one night I go for a I go for evening walks uh, at various hours of the day, and sure. uh, this one happened at about midnight, and I was just walking, and uh, I was just like, I really want to do a podcast, but I've tried I tried doing one before uh back in 2017 it didn't last for long because i was trying to do a vlog and a podcast and do sure. my job and i was like something's gotta drop and so i ended up dropping the time so i i'm like i've always wanted to go back in the podcast realm and but i'm like i need someone to do it with me so i called my buddy dalton at like midnight and he's just like i was like hey you want to want to do a podcast with me he's like yeah i'm all in and that's kind of what happened. We kind of figured we want to f focus on business marketing and design, uh, just bring on guests and have some fun chats about the things that we're passionate about. And it's gone very well for us. It's been a good first year and uh, we've met a lot of cool people through it. And uh, I've, I, I, I'm so glad I did it. No, I think your point is it's probably hard. The, the solo podcast. And I, I remember listening to Gary Vee and I, I imagine, you know, Gary Vee very well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was listening to this podcast and it's, and, and I really recently listened to it. It's called The High School Party Concept. And he was, and it was, and if you remember some of his inside four Ds, it was part of that. So it was in September 2019. And he was speaking to a woman from Boca Raton or one of the group of different, she was happened to be from Boca. And he says, why don't you start the Boca Business Podcast? Cause, and, it, you know, invite people cause you can, you can get more traction because you have the two, you have the two points of contact. I mean, you two together. And then you also have a third per. I guess uh, you invite guests, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That content, you two create content, and that cross post opportunity, and you know, it, you just never know where that's going to go. That content. Oh, exactly, and that's like that was the beauty of it is being able to have people on who you a respect a lot because they're doing a lot of cool things in business. Uh, but two, yeah, you get that recognition too. Uh, and I've met people I never would have met if it wasn't for the podcast. Well, I, I don't think I don't think we'd be having this podcast if I wasn't doing a podcast to get you. you That's true. Yeah. I don't know what triggered. Like, so just share with anybody what my two two listeners out there. What what triggered you to reach out and say, "Hey, let's let's do a podcast." 
So a couple things. Um, one is, uh, yeah, so I, I spent my childhood in, in Calgary, uh, in Alberta, and uh, it's Alberta is a place I've always had a soft spot for. Yeah. Uh, but two, throughout COVID, I heard that there was just a lot of um, money uh, that has kind of flowed into Alberta for tech uh, this past year. Yeah. Um, and wanted to kind of get that scene uh, kickstarted. And and three, because I'm primarily design digital products, I really would love to, you know, just, I want to get my name out there and wanted to see what was going on, see if anyone needed help in the UX realm. Because A, I love Alberta. I love helping Albertans. I know things have not been easy for the past five or six years. Uh, I've been watching it from afar and um, it does hurt me to see how hard, how hard hit the province has been. Uh, and I just want to be here to help see if there's any way I can help. And so I well, I think there's, there's yeah. two ways to help. You can get a, a shovel and start digging ditches. You know, we've got, a lot of, <laughs> you know, the roads need repair. That thing, you can start doing that. And the other, <laughs> there's a lot of disrepair across the globe, uh, across the province. And then the other thing, you know, cattle, they need to, you know, there's people that haven't been working on the farms and they need, uh, you know, the, to pick up a, a few things that they leave on the ground. Right. So <laughs> that, that's, I heard that's real important these days. <laughs> Sounds I just good. Came up with that. But no, I love it because you're right. The tech, the tech stack or the tech innovation and tech talent is, is growing. The other day I was on a, and this, you'll probably get this one. So NACO Canada, I don't know if you know NACO Canada. So national angel coalition, whatever it is, organization. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they had a two day seminar, Zoominar thing. And, but it was incredible to so UI UX and they used. So I mean, I'm on the chat on the zoom and I said, wow, this is, this is incredible. What do you guys do? How do you make the Zoom experience so great? She goes, oh, we're using Hopin. I don't know if you've heard of Hopin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, Josh, it was incredible. Like it, the, And, and Hopin, pre-COVID, they were just seed. Jan, January last year, 2020, they were a seed company. Today, I think they raised in November like $125 million, and they're up to two point whatever it was, billion valuation in less than a year. Recently, they raised again. I haven't even looked at it. I don't know what the, the, they're off the charts. They're, they're killing it. They're doing so good. But, pumped but for them. that experience. So they had, mm. you know, all kinds of tech people on and, and they, they bounced back and forth and people talk tech, Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, Vancouver. And you thought they were in some ma- massive studio, you know, where they're, you know, kind of that production thing yeah. where they're, you know, the film and the guys are all over the camera. No, they just used their phones or their iPad, whatever it was like very, very low tech in terms of the hardware, mm-hmm. but very high tech experience. Incredible. Dude, that's, anyway. like, it seems like it, I was going through the product myself. It seems like a really cool product and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I mean that experience because the zoom experience, zoom fatigue and people are looking for any creative, you know, your, I think what you're doing in this space and, and, and say partner with somebody like decor and more, who was also on my podcast, Brian Bell out of Toronto. Mm. And he said, well, we're not hopping. We're not, we're not that we don't lead that front end. Well, you're the back end, which is the next step, right? The next level of oh, yeah. visuals because mm-hmm. the visuals are important you can have all kinds of technology but if you don't have the visuals it's going to be just it's going to fall dead in my yep. view mm-hmm. no and you're definitely like that's there's actual real psychology uh, and design aspects to that like um it's called the aesthetic usability effect right yeah. where people perceive designs with great aesthetics as easier to use um that's kind of an interesting thing so yeah visuals are really important so that that that, that you know, going back to that, uh, you know, the grade one student, right? That experience can translate into, you know, the learning of, of whatever a person who's just first time getting it, grabbing a, into tech is a lot of, 
you know, I learned during COVID, a lot of uh, startups, businesses weren't really tech enabled, right? So COVID hit them hard, you know, because yeah. they weren't online or digital. They didn't have a digital presence. Have you have any examples where you've migrated somebody from a, a, a non-tech or non-digital world into the digital world? So this is a funny one um, is like, I actually haven't had any paid clients in that uh, portion yet, um, but I've had volunteer work in that. Sure. <laughs> uh, and that's been interesting. And it was actually my, uh, my local church uh, where they've kind of, you know, as churches can tend to do at times is they like to put off things. And, uh, yeah. and that's what happened that like, they got hit hard by COVID and they had to go right to the digital realm. Yeah. Uh, and like, I had to help them get up to sp uh, speed and work with them to essentially get their services online and live. Uh, and that was quite the experience. Uh, that was a whirlwind cause it was all new to me too, as it was hitting everyone else, it was hitting me. Yeah. And, uh, and that was able to kind of like help them out with like kind of getting their socials up to speed and, uh, getting like, uh, things automated in a lot of ways, uh, to help them. I have great services. So, well, even that little thing, you know, on your website where that chat bot comes up, I think you can create those for free or I, I mm -hmm. don't know who you've used, but people send me that stuff all the time. Oh, did you see this chat bot? Cause you know, that's been around for a few years now. Yeah. Um, but even I'm a church. Hey, so how are you feeling today? Right. The psychology of it, how are you feeling today or whatever it is like, a, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you know, that some pop-up that helps that psychology of, you know, there's, there's, there's a, I can't remember it's called Wobot. If people, they're, they're talking about this mental health side, and, and getting to the point where you don't even know you're talking to a, a, a bot until there's a point where it just hits that they can't, you know, they have, there, there's so much in, involved in that where people actually feel more open to talk. I've been listening to podcasts on this where they feel more open to talk to the, the bot than a, an actual person. I don't know if your wife would probably understand that psychology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the chatbot thing is really interesting. I mean, it's obviously been developing over the past, you know, handful of years uh, and I'm, you know, it seems like it's definitely been evolving. I'm still waiting for it to really get to a point where it, it does make a significant difference. Uh, and it seems like this example you shared is one of those, uh, because right now it's like, essentially it's, you know, in a lot of chat bots on a lot of websites, it's more so a glorified voice greeting system that you see on the phone. Right. Um, and so <laughs> and it funnels, just... you, funnels you to a human person or a real person, but you know, to that point, if you've ever heard of, have you heard of little Michaela, little Michaela? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I'll send you the link because Lil mm -hmm. Michaela, it was another podcast I was listening to. And Lil Michaela has about, uh, back back then, six months ago, a year ago, she had about uh, a million and a half followers. I think she's all over, well over two and a half now on Instagram. Mm. And Lil Michaela is a chatbot. <laughs> it wasn't, it was a virtual. And the guy on the podcast, he, this is the one I was actually referring to. They felt more inclined to sh open up kids in the community than they did to a celebrity. Because they thought Lil Michaela was real, like that was really could, uh, you know, wasn't going to judge or all that. We don't. It's incredible. I'll, I'll share that with you because I think you're, yeah. you and your wife will, get, will really appreciate that because that tells a story of user experience that is engaging. And that's mm -hmm. right. At, yeah. Right to the community. Right. You know, you and I talk a little bit offline about uh, the, the tree picks. I did the, the podcast yeah. with Adam with Adam Chase on. He's from Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And I thought we we're just going to talk tree picks or right. guitar picks. Yeah. We talked about life in Nova Scotia because it's very real, the community, the music and that experience, right? As a kid growing up, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that has to go to the community level. You can't, I mean, I have to be there. How do I, how do I bring that into, how do I go into depth, Josh? How do I bring that community experience into websites? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... I, I, I rambled a bit for you, but 
I want I'll give you the little Michaela link, but you know, is that that's that community level engagement is what gets people to come back. You know, the chatbot aside, what that's that that's the user experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, and that's a that's the big thing, and that's kind of even why like I've that, it's actually that reason why I've even st- steered away from even doing websites for people, because it's the same formula for all of them. They're all the same; they just look different. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just the visuals, right? Yeah. Where I'm like, you know, my business is really focused on really trying to solve more complex problems. Um, I'll do your website for you, you know, no problem. But it's not like the thing that I'm like most pumped about, <laughs> right? Um, you know, it doesn't take much, and so in terms of at least thought. So that's kind of where I'm at in terms of like, I really want to, I'm in the business of really trying to solve complex issues. I'm actually putting it out there. Those who are even in the crypto space and who need UX help. Like I love, like I love crypto. I love user experience. If someone's developing a product in the crypto space, I would love to help. Um, because I would just like that. Those are like my two of my loves right now. So, yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I got into blockchain back in 2017, there were like three, 4,000, you know, altcoins. And right. ideas were going crazy. So by the time we built out our supply chain project, it you know the market died. The the crypto winter started in late 2018, but yeah, it was very. I listened to I can't remember who it was part of the Ethereum Foundation, the Ethereum via EVM, and the guy said we want to create, we want to create an experience so that it, if you're an engineer or you're a first time guy on the internet, the experience should be the same. And he said, it doesn't matter what's going behind behind it. The front load should be the, you know, that, that experience should be the same for anyone. It doesn't matter how your sophistication. And that, that resonated. I, you know, it's that, you know, the, you've heard of probably dApps or decentralized applications, right? And mm-hmm. DeFi, that experience should just be the same, whether you pick up the, like you and I, you mentioned Skype earlier. God, this friction on Skype when we lived to the Middle East, right? I used it religiously. And then we moved to the Middle East and yeah. they just, they just cut. That was an experience, but that was a, you know, that was the, the, the telcos coming in on hammering Skype. And then, you know, Zoom just, I don't know what Zoom's doing in the Middle East. How can they be, you know, versus Skype, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the thing is even with Skype, like I lived off of Skype because that's, I mean, my, this, before me and my wife got married, yeah. uh, we, we were long distance and we lived off of Skype <laughs> back in the early 2010s. And so um, it's interesting how Zoom kind of overtook Skype because they kind of figured out how to crack the code of being people being able to use the product without having to make an account and be able to have group chats without having to pay for it yeah. uh and so those are the big things once they cracked that code like they took out skype in, in no time it was really wild no i i listened to a podcast 2019 just before i came back to canada i was in in qatar and the guy from andrew Horowitz he goes you know zoom what they did and you to your point i i, I like the way you, you described that but he said they just had a free product out there and people in enterprise were using it. So, mm. you know, Josh and, and Joe and Jim were using it at the office. And I said, and they, the people said, wait, wait a minute. Can we do a conference call? Well, no, but then Zoom added on. He said, Zoom earned the right in this podcast. He said, Zoom earned the right to charge, go from a, pre, a freemium to a premium because the user experience dictated that. The, oh, the users dictated that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so you're, you're, you know, you're in the right. For me, when I listen to you speak and I look at your website, I think you're in the right space giving people information and finding, you know, familiarity bias, what is cognitive load? I'm just looking at your, you know, you're in the space to, to solve those problems. Cause if you can solve those problems, you'll get people, get, you'll get their attention, but if you can't 100%. solve the problem, they'll move somewhere else. They'll go, as you said, there's, there's thousands of design, uh, make a website. Look at Squarespace. I think that a $10 billion valuation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't want, I don't know what Shopify is at these days uh, in comparison, but 
that's a you know that's incredibly lucrative market but it's saturated right mm-hmm. where yours going with the space you're i'm sorry jess but if you go into depth here you're going to own something unique because i don't know if a lot of people get that I'm, i might be exaggerating but i don't know if they get that well it's and i appreciate that and it's funny because you are not the first person who said that um, I, I've actually got that quite a bit where people really see what I'm doing and what I'm trying to get into the space of, and they see that there's something deeper there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of depth and, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to ride that because at the end of the day, like I, I, I want to keep, I don't want to just sit in the one space. I'm always trying to dig deeper and always trying to learn and grow and work on products and ideas that really change things. And that's the problem that you just mentioned it off the top, right? Like because of things like Squarespace, WordPress, like anyone who's specifically in the visual design space, they're going to get taken out by automation. Um, there's even products out there right now that they'll just they'll automate a website for you and actually looks pretty nice. Um, like you visual designers will be out of business very relatively soon. We have to keep shifting and actually going to strategy that gets people's attention. Okay, so let, let's. Can you give some of the secret sauce, uh, uh, if you can reveal, right? What's mm-hmm. the future? What's next for depth? Where are you going to go? I think the big thing right now is we're in the midst of really uh, carving out our niche right now in specifically UX and uh, providing great UX services with the visual design component. Right now, there's a lot of people who kind of d- uh, deliver one, not the other, vice versa. So that's where we really want to dominate. Next is we really actually want to open up a depth view, like a depth school, uh, where we'll able to bring some kids in and teach them how to do yeah. user experience. Yeah, uh, that's the next big thing. And then as well as we just want to keep developing and essentially almost get to a point at some point uh, where we can start investing in other companies um that have great user experiences like that even for myself my whole marketing spiel right now is like i only use things that have good design um there's a reason why i just purchased a tesla it's for this very very reason no you got a tesla uh, yes it's sir like, it's like that tesla watching i tell people because in calgary it's it's kind of you see it and like oh it's a tesla i catch my attention we went to vancouver back in january uh to drive my daughter to ubc there and it's like there's just a tesla everywhere so it's not so fun it's like, ah, it's another Tesla, right? Right, yeah. So you got to do the Tesla spotting because I'm sure that must be a game in each, you know, the communities. It must be a pretty rare sight in Nova Scotia. Yeah, it's a, it's get like they're starting to get a little bit more uh, seen because we have so many people moving in from Ontario um, at this point. But uh, yeah, they're still pretty rare to find, um, especially in my area at this point. So like, it's it's exciting. Like that's the thing is like Tesla's designed a great product. I want to be aligned with that. I want yeah. to keep. I want to be a champion for good user experience, uh, and that's all part of this. And uh, and I'm that's the, my goal at the end of the day is to develop design, help people design great products that get people's attention, that work, and that make them a lot of money. So, you know, it's interesting. I just think of the, some of the things you because you meant depth view and. You know, there's a lot of this branding where they go the offshoot, where your know, people, where, where companies, they end up they step onto something which is just the biggest part of their business when they're normal. So I'm just taking depth. That depth view, if you can get into the ed tech space, right? Where if you got an early enough and made attraction, you know, because ed tech is, there's people are going so vertical on SaaS, you know, the very very vertical on ed tech. But meanwhile, the the the, the I was just this discussion yesterday. It's incredible the the uh, pressure on a teacher whether it's grade one or grade 12 or university level, the knowledge and the access that people have information to your own, even your own point, 
you're competing with the t- professor who's in that design school because you yep. said they're not giving the practical the kind of, their hands are tied mm-hmm. whether it's covid or not their hands are tied and what they can do and th- to be fair they can't learn everything right you know the api so if you can be that api login that api tack on right that's that's more powerful than you know because you, you can't scale everything be everywhere but i had this, this the discussion with the avanti software team and he said i said cuz hr software is rapidly changing they said how they said well we can't we can't offer everything we can't do all those features so we just bring the api in so if you can be the api of choice right on some of those edtech solutions right from k1 or k to 1 or whatever it is to up to k12 right mm-hmm. you know that could be where you go and you're like, wait a minute, I'm just helping some websites and familiarity. I got a 70,000, but I'm happy over here. Right. No, I, and these are great ideas and I really appreciate the offer because uh, it, these are smart things I really want to keep. Like I, I, all I, like my whole persona is I just love pushing the envelope and going deeper on things and whatever I can do to really start revolutionizing how things are done. I'm all in. And I recognize that. Yeah, like I would be in competition with a lot of these schools because I'm if I'm being honest, I've taken it very personally that these schools no, but you are... don't need to compete. You don't. Right. You need to give them some tools because that, you know, because, you know, I don't know how you break that veil. I don't know. How do you open that envelope? Right. How do you get. But there's a, there's a metaphor for you, Josh. You've got to use the user experience. open up the envelope and this thing comes up, you know, that whatever it is. Right. The experience. Guess what's in this envelope. Right. We're going to go real depth today. I don't know, Josh. This is incredible. I love this. Sounds good. I that analogy, it. right? But that mm-hmm. analogy, you don't have to be the solution. you got to help them, right? How they do their job. I'll send you another podcast. There was a link, an ed tech in the U.S. They said, we can't disrupt the, ed, you know, the education envelope. We need, to change, we need to add to their curriculum. We need to make, you know, make their life better as a professor, right? This was, it was at Harvard. It was a guy speaking from Harvard. I'm going to send you that because that's, this is, a, this is right to where you're looking at. The mm-hmm. depth you, you don't need to go that much in depth. You just need to say, hey, I got something really cool can help. And you start from one child at a time or one you know, community at a time. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got me. I don't know. That envelope, you got to work it. So the, you probably know how to find that kind of a thing and you can create the graphics on that. I think it would be cool to show the envelope and something sliding out of the envelope and there's the guess, familiarity bias or what is cognitive load, right? Right, that's, totally. That's the envelope. We're gonna we're gonna test this today. I don't know if you use that on Elevate or you part of your website. Yeah, I, I, mean, I definitely should. It'll be fun. <laughs> All right, Josh. Well, look, you've really shared a lot. Uh, we've gone into depth. What? Um, how could people find you? I mean, yeah. if you're in Nova Scotia, do they drive down Highway One and <laughs> hit the coast? Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, yeah, they can hit me up at uh, at the People's Des the people's des d-e-z uh short for the people's designer and uh on instagram tiktok you can find me on linkedin uh, josh udall and as well as you can find me at depthxd.com as well if you are in need of any user experience design help love to chat always down and uh super excited to talk anything design or tech related josh thanks for your time today and and literally stay safe man thank you alan i really appreciate your time all right cheers see you bye